You're listening to The Bev Moore Show, broadcasting on the iHeart Network worldwide. I would like to welcome my guest, author Dr. Judith Peck. Dr. Peck is Professor Emerita of Art, Rampapo College of New Jersey. She is the author of several fiction and nonfiction works and a sculptor with work in 80 collections, including the Yale Gallery of Art, the Ghetto Fathers Museum in Israel, libraries, universities, and cultural and religious institutions here and abroad. Judith holds a doctoral degree from New York University and two master's degrees from Columbia University. She is the recipient of the Albert Nelson Marquis Lifetime Achievement Award and has completed her, the first draft of a fourth novel about an art therapist who helped solve a school shooting. Welcome to the show, Judith. Well, thank you for having me, Beverly. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Great. Well, Dr. Peck, Let's start off with your recent book, Art and Social Interaction, which is an illuminating guidebook that explores the dynamic relationship between art and society. Can you please explain how you intertwine your experience and research to shed light on the potential of art as a tool for social change? Well, how I came upon it is a very interesting thing. Having been an artist, you know, all my life, since I was 10 years old, actually, uh, only doing sculpture all this, all these many years, uh, I realized that the happiness quotient goes way up when you're creating art. I used to actually dream uh, of being in the bathtub with nothing but mud all around me and creating people, you know, uh, and of course that would be absolutely a terrible thing to do. My mother wouldn't have, wouldn't hear of it, of course, <laughs> as sitting in the bath of mud, uh, which I thought was, of course, clay. But uh, I found so much uh, unexpressed freedom and uh, joy in, in creating. Uh, of course, there was a lot of discipline attached to it later on, you know, uh, and a lot of focus, of course, and a lot of um, fighting uh, inertia or lethargy of any kind to get up and actually finish and do things, especially uh, with the writing uh, that I did afterwards. But even with the art, because the art uh, meant to get messy, it meant to get uh, into something that wasn't easy, uh, Laundry is easy. Cooking is easy. These things have a beginning, a middle, and end, but art has no, no such thing. It's a free, uh, free-formed as you do it, and, and, and it ends when you decide it ends. It has no termination on its own. So I said, why not bring this kind of um, activity into people that don't have freedom and that are unhappy because of their situation? Those are people like, uh, shall I tell you, the constituencies that it involves? Yes. 
Sure. Well, first of all, I thought about jail inmates who have actual steel bars that they can't pass through. But there's also other kinds of confinement, like mental illness, uh, where people don't have the freedom uh, to use their minds and their brains uh, as they normally would be able to if uh, they didn't have uh, psychological problems as well as physical mental problems. And I thought about the frail elderly who are you know, lacking their freedom in terms of their limbs, their arms, their legs, their ears, uh, their eyes, their hearing. Now that I am a senior, I'm very much aware of all these, <laughs> these uh, setbacks. And, and I thought the people who are in domestic violence shelters and children who have been abused and youth who are faced with tremendous poverty in the housing projects, all these people are confined in various different ways. And my students, on the other hand, are at the height of their powers. They're really want to find out who they are, and they want to find about other people who can direct them into certain paths of the future, so to speak. So I thought it's a wonderful combination. Why don't I try it? And so I did. I began to make a proposal, and I introduced it to the college. This was in the 70s. Oh, that's so impressive. And, and also, the, the impact I've noticed... Um, with the underserved, right? Because it's I, also given a lot of support as well for yeah. the underserved. Underserved, wow, they are a, a confined because of their situations. Uh, I want to emphasize two things in terms of what I think this unusual program uh, does. And by the way, it was unusual. I had to research it, uh, and I found out that it uh, was the first of its kind nationwide to send undergraduates into closed institutions because the jails and the mental hospitals and these uh, homes for domestic violence uh, and um, even uh, the psychiatric mental institutions, the chronic wards where we go, are closed. People don't enter into that unless they have uh, a relative or something in there to see. So uh, my students would never understand about what these people represent, which, I'll tell you, Beverly, are the major domestic issues of our time. Crime, mm. mental illness, aging, poverty, drug abuse, and child abuse, so uh, they get to be one-on-one -on -one with the people that are affected by this. Uh, so um, I hope that answers somewhat of the question. It, re it really does, and what impresses me is what they get out of it. The social impact enhances, you know, effective collaborations. It enables fair selling opportunities and high-value transactions. It's very true, but you see, it's very important to have the approach that we do, and that's where it differs from a lot of other creative art programs uh, uh, that are, uh, uh, you know, in vogue. We don't do any kind of macaroni pasting or, or uh, painting uh, plastic images that you just pour or in any product-oriented uh, art like that. All the art that we do, we want to have emanated from your own experience, your own sensitivities, uh, the real you that's under all that, and the various approaches, which I'll tell you something about later on if you wish, uh, have to do 
with not facing a blank piece of paper or copying anything or uh, being told how something is supposed to look when it's finished. It all uh, it emanates uh, from uh, ways that you can express what's inside of you, your fears, your anxiety, your experiences, what you do know and what you, what you are, which no one can take that away from you, your own individuality and personality. So we have lots of things that will, you know, let that come forward. Uh, and it takes people by surprise, you know, because they're astounded sometimes by, by what comes out of them. <laughs> it's really fun. It's a fun thing, actually. You're listening to The Bev Moore Show, and we'll be right back after the break. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. What? Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Used to taste that tad and over freight. Couple of kids in a Chevrolet. Catch a little air when we cross the tracks. Sipping on some from a paper stack. You hang your shirt on that maple lamp. Slipping through the moon to the river bend. Wasn't very long, I was jumping in. Jumping in. I guess I'm still doing now what I was doing then. Chasing you like a shot of whiskey. Burning, going down, burning, going down, chasing you like those goodbye taillights. Headed west to anywhere out of this nowhere town. Chasing that freedom, chasing that feeling that got gone too soon. Chasing that you and me, I only see in my review. Till I'm late at night holding someone chasing you still chasing you you always used to talk about LA I heard you got as far as Santa Fe well you know I tried to track you down I only got as far as guitar town singing about a girl I used to know used to know used to know haven't given up, I'm just on your radio Chasing you like a shot of whiskey Burning, going down, burning, going down Chasing you like those goodbye taillights Headed west to anywhere out of this nowhere town Chasing that freedom, chasing that feeling that got gone too soon Chasing that you and me, I only see in my review Till I'm late here tonight Holding someone new Still chasing you Still chasing you Chasing you Like a shot of whiskey Burning, going down, burning, going down, chasing you like those goodbye 
is nowhere town Chasing that freedom, chasing that feeling that got gone too soon Chasing that you and me, I only see in my review Hell, I'm late here tonight holding someone new Still chasing you, still chasing you, still chasing you And welcome back. And basically it stimulates their memory. And that has a lot to do with, with, uh, with helping them move on and, and develop. Is that right? That's right. And not only that, which is a good, good point, but the fact that they are with interested college students. College students who are doing their own artwork side by side with them. They're not eyeballing them like other therapists might be doing to ask the question. And, and you know, psychiatrists and psychologists and, and people who want to uh, help them uh, we're doing artwork side by side uh, with the people. So therefore, uh, they have like a good conversation when there's a listener and there's somebody talking, somebody who's receiving what they say, you know what I mean? Who's listening and also contributing their own ideas towards what they say, giving them the confidence that what they say is important. You know, a good conversation is a work of art. Uh, I mean, I imagine from time to time you've had some, and so have I, although they're rare to have a good conversation with someone really listening and you articulating something because of what they said, you know? So this is the kind of interaction that we're talking about. That's why the course is called Art and Social Interaction. Uh, so uh, we bring that out uh, with uh, one another, um, it, that individuality. And I'll give you later you maybe some examples how some, some of the stuff that comes out. It's, uh, that's so surprising. Yeah, that would be great. Well, how do you start and maintain a successful art program in a range of diverse facilities. I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. Okay, let me start over. How do you start, uh, you know, in diverse uh, facilities, you know, how do you, with an art program, how do you start and maintain? Okay, well, uh, first of all, we have to get inside the facility. Uh, my book, by the way, which emanated from this course, so everything in my book is uh, uh, speaks to how to, you can start this in any college situation or even in a um, volunteer situation like a Y or a church group or some other group that wants to uh, have volunteers do uh, artistic enterprises in some of the institutions. So the first step to starting is to get into the institution. So that's all explained how to do that in the book. Even the memos you can write, it's all spelled out there to make it very easy uh, so that you can find the facilities and also send the memos and the follow-up telephone calls and all that. Because, for example, in the jail, you know, we have young people, young men and women the same age as the inmates. So the jail is not too excited about having these people come in, especially with little tools like, uh, pen, you know, pen, pencils with have sharp points. Um, and I'll just digress to tell you that a guard does not know what's being poked in his back. If it's a pencil or if it's a blade of some kind, they only carry uh, walking sticks with them. They don't carry uh, guns at the moment. So, uh, you know, it's a fragile institution only maintained for security, not to um, give the artists uh, who will attend freedom and joy and happiness. That's the last thing on their menu. So 
getting into the facility is the first thing. But once we're in, our approach is a join-in kind of a thing. Our students sit side-by-side side with the participants. We'll call them all participants, not clients. And uh, we uh, introduce the project and do it side-by-side side with them. So uh, there's a lot of social interaction, um, although we're told not to fraternize. And all the kids had to go home and look up at that word. They're not allowed to fraternize. But we fraternize. Nice, we do, I'm afraid. <laughs> we do a lot of that. <laughs> right. I'm Bev Moore, and we'll be right back after the break. Okay, so like, my neighbor's always trying to outdo me. I get a TV, she gets a bigger one. I go to the zoo, she goes to Africa. Little does she know, I started shopping at Walmart. I get electronics, food, clothes, and even my fave cosmetics. Who's the smart shopper now? Where are you going today, Brittany? Dad, start the car. Woohoo! Savings and rollbacks happen every day on all your favorite products. Walmart. Long live the smart shopper. Stranger, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. 
and welcome back. So, um, you know, uh, and it depends where we are. Uh, even in the domestic violence shelters, we're working mostly with the children. We did want the parents to sit in, but they're too busy learning uh, their new uh, way of getting a, a, a work, you know, learning new um, job opportunities and all that, and they're too emotionally fragile too. The the women, mostly women, in the domestic shelters. So we work with the children, but by doing that, of course, that relieves uh, the the, uh, the mother to go on to other things, and the and the kids have some joy which they don't often have in those setups. Um, so it's a different uh, approach with with different people. With the frail elderly, it's another approach entirely. They need a lot of help because they don't have uh, as much hand-eye coordination as they might have. Their eyes are, you know, have some difficulty seeing and they have arthritis that, uh, you know, gets in the way and so forth. So we do a lot of hands-on helping. But there, too, the idea that these young people who are like their grandchildren but have no uh, preconcept of them uh, being uh, the way they were before they were frail. And so it's a fresh new start uh, being uh, face-to-face with these young people who are so, you know, energetic and so interested in them and in their stories and in their past. So uh, the interaction, Beverly, works as well as the art techniques uh, together and the approach with each of these uh, particular body of people has to be very different. So that always explained in the book how to approach each of these, you know, different constituent bodies. I get it, yes. Does it also help, like, with the projects to engage in dialogue, like, with past, present, and future about our nation and as far as educational? Yes, yes, very much so. Let me tell you one project, for example. We did this in the women's jail. Um, uh, they work with paints. So we work with paints in a freestyle, uh, which we do. We do wet on wet so they can see the flow, flow of the paint and work with it and get the idea that you're working with the material. You're not imposing yourself on something. Uh, you know, people who are fragile, who have no uh, good self-image about themselves, uh, it's really hard uh, to have them produce a piece of unique creative art, which is what we're interested in. So we always start projects that the material itself will give them a lot of uh, inspiration. So free-flowing water, uh, water color on a wet piece of good thick paper, watercolor paper, starts to make the ideas go as the flow starts and one color mixes into another and you begin to control it with your brush. You know, you see it on the paper, but now you are guiding it. You are in charge. You are the ship person, you know, on the rocky seas and you are making it work. And this was happened. Uh, and before we even do the painting, we actually stop uh, the flow by making uh, a masking tape on all four corners so that when you work with the water and the flow, it doesn't go into the four, the four corners. So when it's dry and you lift off the tape, you have a frame around what you've made. And in a sense, that encloses it in a way for you to um, have freedom within an environment. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Wild freedom doesn't quite work, except when it does, and that's a project I wanted to tell you about in a woman's jail. But I don't want to interrupt your flow of questions to 
to tell you this, but it's very interesting. Shall I proceed with your okay? Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So here we are in the women's jail, and they're working with this free-form painting like I just told you about. They finish that project, and then they're very open. They're certainly open to something new now. You know, they love the color, and they're feeling good, and they're feeling childlike because this, when we were children, we worked with paints and drawings all the time. So now they have a little mm, freedom that they don't have before. Something got loose within them, right? And so this one inmate began to work with the acrylics, which are stronger colors than the water color, and circular things she was making with this color and then another color. She kept, she kept mixing different acrylics together and kept going in a circular fashion with her brush until finally, exhausted, she was finished. And then um, we had them talk about their their pieces. Each of the individual artists would talk about their piece. Uh, and the theme then was, where do you want to be in 10 years? Where would you like to be in 10 years? Just keep that in the back of your mind as you're working. And of course, our students work alongside them. They did things too. Uh, nobody was watching them. Well, she began to talk about her piece. She said, this is a Coke trip. A Coke trip. My students have ne- had never, most of them, I don't think, were taking Coke. And uh, I had never, you know, taken Coke. And all of a sudden, we see this magnificent flow of colors in a circular passion, you know, fashion on the page. And she was able to say what she wanted, where she wanted to be in 10 years, taking another Coke trip. Well, it was something. It, it made such a bond, of course, between us all. But she was so thrilled with herself that she had produced something in her mind's imagination. Isn't that a, a lovely story, even though we don't want to advertise these things too wildly? I think, uh, I think it's I, beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. It, was just, it was beautiful. And what I love about it, and, you know, instead of being afraid of failure you know, or criticism, they they view these as things as a scope of improvement. I'm Bev Moore, and we'll be right back after the break. Yeah, I'm married. Doesn't matter. You do that for me? Really? Yeah, I'd like that. Who are you talking to? Uh, it's Jake from State Farm. Sounds like a really good deal. Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning? Who is this? It's, it's Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Uh, khakis? Hey, do they ever ask you what you're wearing? Uh, yeah. Red sweater, button-down shirt. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped, never asking why. We kissed, I fell under your spell of love No one could deny Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can live a lie running for my life I will always want you I came in like a
Welcome back. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and therein lies both the courage and the freedom. Both, both of those ingredients are main ingredients in creating art. You need courage to invent something new on a page. And, and uh, you, you know, the sense of freedom is your reward afterwards. Well, you know, the way we stimulate this, for example, let's say you and I were sitting at a table. Uh, you're the participant and I'm the student. And I might uh, uh, be creating a landscape on my page, and the participant is uh, creating something in nature on hers, and a tree emerges, right? And I mm-hmm. look at her uh, drawing, and I say, oh, I had a tree like that in my backyard. I used to sit on, uh, uh, under that tree. There was a glider we had, and I sat on there. I remember with a boyfriend once, and I, you know, I would introduce that, and she would pick up on that, on her tree, on where her tree was located. Now, why she was reminded to draw that tree. So the imagery itself on the page is what stimulates uh, uh, the creativity to emerge and the conversations to come out of that. So the two together are what, what's the magic of this uh, program, I think, and the book, too, Art and Social Interaction. Yeah, the social interaction. And what I think is so valuable is the lessons that they learn. 
you know, from past events and tragedies. I, I just think it's priceless. That's right. You can never, never look at just crime figures again. For example, you're reading the paper and you're hearing the news. You remember sitting next to an inmate uh, and you don't know what he did. Uh, you, uh, By the way, there's a, a great uh, deal of protocol that goes when they, we never give our names and addresses, only our first names, things like that. You know, We don't pass notes uh, to uh, out of the institution or into the institution. Uh, as a matter of fact, the students always like to have a party at the end, you know, and that party itself is really spectacular, too. But we have great admonitions. We can't even bring a cake because a gun might be hidden in the cake, you know, things like that. But, you know, sitting, you know, and uh, having a conversation with an inmate that's in there for we don't know how many years because that's one reason we go into the jail because we don't know how long they're going to serve. And they're very, very much on edge. Some of them have never had a trial yet. They're still awaiting it. Uh, and others have been sentenced, but they have to stay in the jail until they can get inside a federal prison to serve their term. So it's a very anxiety-producing time for the inmates, uh, which makes this freedom uh, and uh, approach uh, to our particular art activities all the more valuable because, you know, it is a release, certainly a release from that tension that they're feeling. Uh, but anyway, so um, we do... Uh, um, learn about crime in a way that most people don't, and they're not afraid, so fearful of, of uh, uh, going into New York City, for example. At some time in the college career, I, I don't remember exactly what decade it was, but people would not go into New York City. They felt so crime-ridden they were afraid to go on the streets. But our students... Um, I've lost a little of that fear because they've been with the people, you know, inside the jail. And they, when they first come into the jail, uh, the guys are hooting and hollering at them, especially these pretty college girls, you know, although we do come in with some guys as well. Uh, but then they sit next to them after the ne- for the next 10 weeks, and it's altogether a different thing. There's a respect that builds up between the two groups, you know, our students and them. So, And they learn about old age. Uh, they're going to be there if things go their way that's a road that they will be crossing uh, as they get older uh, and you know we work with the veterans too who are elderly and we hear war stories so even that is touched on and children who have been abused in the housing uh, facilities uh, we're, we're working with them there's and drug abusers so in other words we see these people not as just statistics but as uh, individuals who have stories just like our own well, I think, honestly, I think what it does, it just shines a spotlight, spotlight on truth for them, and, which is what they need. I'm Bev Moore, and we'll be right back after the break. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 85% water, right? 85% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thing. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent.
And welcome back. It's so direct. We see it, uh, and you're absolutely right. The truth is, uh, it comes out uh, on these things, uh, and and we sort of know we've been there. You know, there's something else I want to touch on, too, what happens to the students in terms of the freedom and all that. They see their parents differently. They see their own situation differently. They see their freedom differently. Uh, We have a hill to walk after we leave class at the college where we are, you know, and the fact that they can walk up those hills without pain in their legs, and they can run down them, and not, uh, and they've left the frail people in the nursing home, they suddenly have a, a sense of, of this wonderful freedom of what they have in terms of their uh, limbs and their ability to see the mountain range way up ahead uh, and to hear the birds uh, because their hearing is excellent. All that uh, that they've just come from, these confined areas in the frail nursing homes uh, uh, and the the beautiful smell of spring in the air, and oh, that's just mine. Also, the ability that they can make choices—they've left the psychiatric facilities uh, where this tremendous mental incapacitation is uh, witnessed by them. With people do not have control of what they want to do because their brain will not allow them. Uh, uh, to do the things that they want, and they look sometimes uh, un. Uh, well, they don't look good. They might be drooling a bit because of the medications or shaking a bit because of the medications and many things. And yet our students, of course, receive them beautifully. And one of the results we see is they fix themselves up in, t- in time for our trips uh, when the students come. They want to look good, and which is very good for them. Instead of wanting just to be in their rooms and sleeping, they sort of, you know, uh, are sort of move up to the occasion, uh, which is very beneficial too. So there's a lot of... Uh, secondary things that happen uh, as a result of this uh, thing. That's why we want to expand it. I think it's easily expanded. The students don't even have to be art students because the projects they're learning in the the classroom and all which are explained in the book, those projects anybody can do when they pick it up because we want their experience and their emotions and their sensitivities to emerge from the artwork. So so that's why I'd like to see it expand. And people uh, in, uh, in our Ramapo College, uh, fortunately, I had worked and got it accepted as a gen ed course because of all the learning that occurs uh, beyond the classroom. Uh, so it's now a gen ed course. So students from any area of the college can get credit for it, um, you know, taking this. So that's why they come from social work. They even come from business management, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, and uh, uh, all the other areas uh, that we're talking about in general education. Well, it, it really sounds like experimental learning with art helps create a strong sense of empowerment among young people especially. Yes. Uh, among Good word. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad I asked you to repeat the question because you just touched on something so essential uh, empowerment. I just love that. Uh, can you yeah. imagine being in control when you weren't, being capable yeah. where when you weren't, uh, having uh, retrieved a memory that's way back, long gone, and it was a happy memory. Uh, and there you are. For example, one thing we do uh, to uh, 
empower memory and in in turn empowering yourself and your achievements and what you can uh, grasp onto is the dinner party. uh, they all sit around a table. We make a, We use a regular paper table, a paper plate to make the pattern of a of a dish and a smaller dish and a cup. Same thing. We just use a pencil to go around these uh, paper uh, uh, plates and cups, and then uh, either we draw a dinner party, each of us sitting uh, opposite each other at the table, as you would at a regular uh, dinner party. Or uh, in the frail elderly, we cut out uh, the uh, food, foods and vegetables and fruits and and bottles, uh, you know, of either wine or beer or even scotch, (laughs) whatever. And we begin it by saying, you're all invited to a dinner party. We're going to have it, and you're invited. We're having a dinner party. And so everybody sits down at this uh, table where we lay out big sheets of white paper as if it was a tablecloth, upon which are those drawn-out patterns of plates that I just mentioned. And then we talk about Christmas parties or Easter parties or Thanksgiving and all the times when we were together with family because as we draw and we all make fun of the way our steak looks away, you know, the hot dog might look like a couple of fingers or, you know, and we all laugh and joke about the way things are coming out uh, and the frail elderly are help, help to pace things down as they select them, you know, but it's a wonderful way to tap into family get-togethers and, you know, joyous occasions. They can bring back memories. Absolutely. You are exactly correct. And, mm-hmm. and it's all empowerment. And, and what we need to do is empower artists like never before. I'm Bev Moore, and we'll be right back after the break. And Doug. What do we always say, son? Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance. Say you only pay for what you need. That's my boy. And you get out there and you make us proud, huh? Bye, Uncle Emu. Stay off the freeways. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. And welcome back. Uh, yes, and not only that, when you are empowered, you have shown some courage somewhere along the line. So I want to just point out the, the courage that's involved with creating anything that's personal, that's, uh, that comes from yourself, uh, that is not copied or uh, just repeated. These are original thoughts, original ideas, and original images that are placed on a page or three-dimensionally produced. So that uh, a courage is, is a terrific thing. You know when you've shown courage. You, oh, you know, you could come and say to yourself, gee whiz, I never knew I had it in me. Have you heard that expression? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. so, <laughs> That's another thing that empowers. Yeah. That's why I'm so happy uh, that you, you you use that word because um, we, we do things that do uh, make you feel good about yourself and feel that you are yeah. substantial. You're not uh, you're not just in a group because each one of the institutions I told you about, as we discussed, is an institution. We are uh, institutionalized. You know, in many ways, even the college is an institution. And so to be an individual within that institution and for people to see you as an individual is very important. 
even in the creative in the mental hospital, for example, the custodians begin to see the elderly by what they produced, and the guards in the jail all of a sudden see their inmate. Wow, that was lovely what you just did. You know, they, well, all this empowers, but it also um, makes you feel like you're you're okay. You know, I'm okay. I may have made bad choices. I may have had problems. I may be in a terrible situation for a while, but you know, it's okay. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, that was my next question. Uh, you know, what are the observed effects? of the wider social uh, environment that would be like, you know, the school environment, friends around and people like that, the people in the jail, uh, et cetera. So, yeah, they look on and see the improvement. Right, they, and they see them as individuals. And sometimes we even have shows. We put up the work, you know, uh, which allows other people to see what they've done, the visitors that might or might not, you know, come to them, uh, and one another. Don't forget they are always with other people, uh, you know. They're never, like, a, a, a completely alone like we are outside of these institutional places. We can choose to be alone. We can choose spots outside or inside that we particularly like. Uh, we can loaf if we want to. <laughs> but here, you're always with other people. So having other people see the imagery or the thing that you made, you know, of your own and comment on it is also empowering and, and making you feel more, more of an individual in an institutional environment. Right? Absolutely. I'm Bev Moore, and we'll be right back after the break.
They're cleaning the floor and everyone is already home But I'm on my own Still dancing with my eyes closed everywhere I look I still see you Time is moving so slow I don't know what else that I can do So I'll keep dancing with my eyes Eyes closed Eyes closed Oh, I keep dancing with my And welcome back. Well, you know what? Is there anything here at the end, uh, Dr. Peck, that you would like to close with uh, and some encouraging words or anything before we finish? Because this has been very delightful, very, very uh, educational for me, I know. And I know the listeners have enjoyed. But is there anything that you would like to close with? Um, Well, I would say... It's kind of courage, too, for people to bring in this program. Uh, an art teacher or a social work teacher, those are the two professors who would be the most inclined, uh, you know, to start this program in a college or uh, uh, a, uh, an inspired individual in a volunteer situation who wants to go to the work to put this together, you know, because uh, it is an effort to put it together. And that's why I wrote everything in the book to tell you how to do it, to tell you how to start it, how to get the art projects for it, how to get volunteers from the community, corporations and businesses to give you the materials to make it uh, easily done financially, you know. Uh, and all the materials are very, of course, inexpensive. Uh, they're basic, but we even list the materials and the costs <laughs> in the book and, uh, as I say, write the letters. And then, But it takes courage uh, for some professor uh, to start this in the college, but it can be done. Uh, and uh, I hope that this book does uh, sort of inspire some other people to take a crack at it because I'll tell you the truth, you learn so much. Uh, the students learn so much about themselves as well as uh, contemporary society and, of course, the participants in each of these groups that we serve uh, never forget it. Uh, I remember um, the kind of humor that comes out of it, too, uh, in the women's jail, they put up a big sign. It was Christmas time. Of course, they were all confined there, you know. And they made a huge sign with a mural around, uh, you know, with all the colors and beautiful designs and everything else. And in the middle of it said, Happy effing Christmas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, it was and uh, you know, and sometimes they even have a humor. One started to walk out with a whole a portfolio under her arms. You know what I mean? She took a portfolio that we happened to be had in class, and behind the students, she started to walk out as if she could walk out, you know, with them. Uh, but one, I'll tell you one inspiring little thing. Uh, I have four children, uh, and I was a very busy mother. They were all close in age, you know, young children, and um, mm-hmm. I remember having left the jail, and. I remember getting home and thinking about what I was going to make 
for dinner. I was going to have, you know, the appetizer of soup, and I was going to make sure they had a lot of protein, maybe a hamburgers or something, and then a green vegetable and a yellow vegetable like star, like, you know, uh, maybe um, carrots or something to make color on the, on the plate and an interesting dessert. And I said to myself, I have the freedom to do that whole thing. It, I tell you, my work and my feeling that I had so much to do with these four kids all evaporated with the sense of joy that I had that I was able to make this beautiful designed meal, you know, and the kids would love it and all be happy with the dessert and everything else, so they might leave off the salad. <laughs> and so there was so much joy in it. And it was that freedom that I had to realize that I was free and open to do it. I had all these choices. So that was oh, something I never right. forgot. And I'm sure the that's students have episodes yeah. that they, you know, ever forget either because of that. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank you. And we're going to mention your book again so that everyone knows where to find it. Um, sure. It's yeah, art, I, it's I, art I, and so, art, I'm sorry, again, I'll let you talk about it. How about you tell everyone where to find your book? I will. Uh, Rutledge is the publisher. I'll spell that for you. R-O-U-T-L-E-D-G-E, Rutledge, Rutledge Rutledge.com. And you can go right on their website uh, and access it by the title Art and Social Interaction. Uh, They often have uh, 25% off and 20% off, uh, you know, uh, um, promotions on that book. so uh, you could also access, access it by my name, Judith Peck. Uh, that book uh, came out in two, the end of 2022, and my another book by Rutledge, uh, by me, came out in 2023 called, uh, I don't know if I should mention that too, but I guess I can, Dynamic yeah, Play, Dynamic Play and Creative Movement, Powering Body and Brain, that's a book for elementary school teachers, a wonderful book of uh, all kinds of projects to do that empower the body and the brain together, how one works with the other. It's called Dynamic Play and Creative Movement because it's using the body to learn. Uh, And the subtitle is Powering Body and Brain, also by Dr. Judith Peck, and uh, that's also by Rutledge, R-O-U-T. L-E-D-G-E, Rutledge.com. And, of course, my website, www.iapbooks.com, also has has those books accessible, as well as other books I've written on art techniques. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing. And I have really, we have enjoyed having you on the show, on the Bevmore Show today. And it's just been very educational. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for including me. Thank you. We wish you continued success. Thanks for tuning in to the Bev Moore Show. We wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. May you celebrate Thanksgiving Day with love in your heart. The Bev Moore Show and production team thanks you for your continued support.